So I don't know. I was surprised listening to last week's episode. You guys didn't mention. Um, maybe it's just because I just watched the episode recently. But uh, when you were bringing up some spray on dress, you didn't mention the Futurama episode where like Amy had to like spray on a bikini. I know I just saw it recently. Yeah, I could definitely kick myself now because I see it like now that you're bringing it up in my brain. And I can't believe I didn't make the connection because Futurama is like top tier for me. So I love it. Bella Hadid, you know, had it into the future with spray on clothing. So yeah, it was like fashion week and they're like, oh, check this out. And like, we're spraying dresses on people now. And then I didn't even know who the which Hadid it was. And then Jordan pointed out who it was with the knowledge of fashion week. And then also, I'm surprised too, Jordan, because you always have Futurama on the brain. I know, like at your fingertips. Missed opportunity there for me. I'm kicking, kicking myself now. Well, um, speaking of Futurama, futuristic alien type things, you know, I was thinking like, uh, because of tonight's movie, I really wanted to explore this topic. And I was thinking like, you know, what's the reason to become an astronaut? The only good reason I could think of not to explore out of space, not to find new resources, not to inspire school children to go out into space. The only reason I could think of was to become an astronaut is to have sex with aliens. Then I was like, there's got to be like a term for this because there's a philia for everything. I mean, that, that should be a book. Dave, write a book called Ophelia for Everything, right? <laughs> by, by Dr. Dangerous David. PhD, <laughs> All right. whatever, letters <laughs> behind your name, XY, XXX is like your title. Um, uh, exophilia. So I guess like you would be an exophiliac is if your only motivation to become an astronaut was to bang aliens and life forms from other planets, you'd be an exophiliac. Now people are like, oh, it sounds so disgusting. You're going to bang aliens. A lot of people have banged aliens in movies. Like even in fact, our Guardians of the Galaxy, it's all alien sex, right? That's a well, dude. It's cruising around space. Oh, even uh, what about Shatner and all the the original Star Trek? Oh yeah, Captain wasn't he Kirk. like a, a new alien of the week for him? <laughs> oh yeah, but that was part of the selling point of the show. Like, oh, who's Captain? That was almost like a reality TV Star Trek. Like, who's cat? Who's Captain Kirk hooking up with this week? Tune in, <laughs> you know, on Saturday's uh, Star Trek. Um, I, I got a whole list. I got a whole list of movies where there's human alien relationships. It's it's kind of a big list. Steve Gutenberg and Cocoon. Kim Basker, My Stepmother is an Alien. Natasha Hendridge and Species and Species 1, 2, 3. Um, what's the e. next e. one? Oh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Uh, <laughs> Starman. Wait. There's no bang in E.T. <laughs> of course there is. Is that like the, uh, that like the uh, European director's cut that like we can't get over here or what? It's like the underground German version of, uh, of E.T.? Must be. Fry and Leela, the best love story of all oh. time. Duh. Well, technically, isn't she just a mutant? Yes. She, well, she's, yeah, she's like a future mutant. human. Yeah, you're no, right. I thought she was an Earth mutant. She is. She's like New York, you know, underground, turned into mutant multiple generations. But Oh, yeah. I mean, her mom's kind of part alien. So maybe she's just part mutant. I don't know. But he's a human, so... I'm here for so that's it. probably like another philia, probably like transmorgophilia, because transmorgify means to mutate or transform. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's <laughs> also that movie uh, Splice, although I can't remember if it was an alien or something they created. Nah, that's like just mixing stuff up in a laboratory. 
I That's, mean, there's there's got to be another name. There's got to be another another word for that. I bet must be a lot of philias because then I think of possession. Hello, like oh uh, yeah, yeah. What philia is that? I have no idea. Um, Howard the Duck is another one on this list. Oh, that's true. It's which, but it's more like also an animal. It's like an alien and an animal, and a person. It's a life form of all three things. YouTube is like flagging this episode left and right. I've said way too many <laughs> horrible and terrible things so far. <laughs> uh, skipping over to oh no, let's talk about what a millennial Christmas is. Sorry, folks, I almost cut out the holiday shenanigans. Um, I came across this article and it was talking about like how millennials celebrate Christmas from different from their parents. And I was like mentioning things like, oh, they used to tune in for like Fox Kids holiday announcements from the cartoon characters. And I was like, the only one I could think of was Wolverine from the X-Men cartoon may have had like a stocking, but I could just be imagining that incorrectly because I don't remember any of the uh, cartoons like telling you to tune in for the episodes. I will say, though, Christmas in the 90s was like off the chain, like in retrospect, the 90s was a great decade, man. (laughs) Like So... You know, not to date date us on the show, which Jordan likes to point out, you know, that we're kicking around dust now. But um, <laughs> being a kid in the 90s was pretty fun. I'll just tell you that much. And uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Christmas is weird. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, I got my dad on the phone, had a pretty good conversation. But it, it's like him, you know, talking about traditions or talking about like uh, just like. If it's not a money holiday, like what actually is good about it? I don't know, but I mostly celebrate it through movies, right? It's like not even real events for me anymore. It's just like I just watch a bunch of holiday movies. Right. But uh, <laughs> so this list was like stereotypes, like oh, millennial does this, bitches and complains about the traditions, tries to like fight against the traditions, even as they're happening, secretly enjoys the traditions. And then it was like there's a few other things in the article I can't remember, but one of the funniest things I was like, oh man, I do this. It's the popcorn tins, the three flavored popcorn tins. Mm. You got caramel, butter, and and uh, freaking cheddar. cheddar cheese or whatever. Oh, that cheddar, and man. Who knows <laughs> if it's a real cheese made of milk? It might not even be an animal product. Don't freak out anybody because it could be a sprayed on chemical because those things, they seem atomic, you know, like, uh, but they're very good. I must eat like 10 tins of those things. Oh man. What about the uh the butter cookies or the the sweet the, the tin cookies? You know, the what I'm tin of cookies? About. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have like all the sugary frosting and the mm-hmm. they look like pretzels. And sweet. these are usually like the throwaway presents that you bring somebody that's just like just an acquaintance like you don't really know them where. Oh, here here's a t- here's a popcorn. But <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty damn fun. I don't know you. Here's some almond roca. Right. It's like something you re-gift to somebody else. It was given to you, so then you like pass it on to someone else. Although if oh, you're gifting you... almond roca, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but yes. Like that's where the idea of uh we John, you just brought up fruitcake recently, I feel like. Oh yeah, but fruitcake is what you send your enemies. But I just imagine or... there's probably some really neglected popcorn tins out there that are getting passed around. You know, oh, like sure. I know I've got a dusty one in the garage somewhere. Just give him to Steve, cross his name out, then it goes to Chuck, cross Chuck out, go to Jason, cross Jason out, goes to Sally, and like eventually there's not enough I feel popcorn. Like they're left. good for at least five years, so you can pass them around. The popcorn tins? Yeah. I, bet they are. I did say it was all chemicals, so maybe that's true. All right, we'll be right back with some stuff about Warhammer, James Gunn, the God of War movie. 
Oh, and a bunch of films that got into the national film industry, including some random stuff. We'll talk about it. And then tonight's movie is called Earth Girls Are Earth Girls Are Easy. I don't know if you can get away with a title like that today. We'll find out. We'll see what Jordan thinks. How easy they are or not. She's got insider information about this movie. So come back for her favorite bits right after this. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. you guys know what warhammer is but like it's both medieval and futuristic there's like dwarves and elves and trolls but it's like a DD dungeon and dragons type thing but like i don't know in the like way in the future or something but uh, like superman henry type thing yeah like world of, yeah like wow like world of warcraft i'm not really a gamer so whatever forgive me if i get this wrong but it's like i know there's a series of books some fantasy novels and like uh Henry Cavill's going to, like, produce the show. So, obviously, like, they just announced that, like, his Superman's not coming back after all. And then, like, uh, he's also not going back to The Witcher. He's just, like, jumping ship. He's like, oh, I'm going to go. Or he doesn't want to go back to The Witcher, I guess, or whatever. But they already put, like... Well, that's where it gets complicated, because my understanding was he left Witcher because he committed to more Superman. And then then that was before James Gunn took over... Uh, yeah. as the DC guy, and then now he just got his walking papers for Superman. So it feels like a, he left one job for another, and that job kind of went away, too. I was talking about this with some colleagues the other day, and it was just, it sounded like it was based off of them taking it not close to the storyline of the game, and I hear he's a big gamer, so this could be why he's directing this, but oh, yeah. I don't know. I am I wish I could see him more on screen, because he's Super fine, but I, that's, <laughs> I, I loved The Witcher. So this sounds yeah. like something I would totally watch. It sounds sick. I think then, we have like, one more season of him with The Witcher, and then after that, it's I he's hope. gone. One I, of the dudes making all these decisions at uh, at least the DC universe, anyway, is James Gunn, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he brought us the Peacemaker, but he seems more like an overlord now. I mean, it's like now he, it's like, I mean, it kind of makes sense. He's had like the three most profitable properties or took over one property that wasn't doing so well and then made it better like the suicide squad and like now he's just got like a uh, carte blanche i guess because it's well i mean from the outside in it looks like mad science over there like they're just throwing shit in a bowl and just like stirring it to see what comes out like i don't see clear direction at warner brothers discovery but who knows we'll see what comes out um another video game that's getting adapted apparently the Norse god version of the God of War storyline or whatever. Um, that's a popular game. All I know it is like one guy's angry with the gods and goes and kills them all. I don't know if it starts out in Greek mythology or what mythology it's in originally, but uh, he's got like a son. And then like, um, I like this commercial. They just did a commercial where it was like father and son therapy, but it was like um, Ben Stiller was dressed up as the character and they had Travolta in there with his daughter and like, and also LeBron James was there with his kid. Did you guys see this commercial? It was I like a... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then the references are flat. Never mind. Anyway, 
Um, that's going on. Uh, so every year, like some movies get saved by like the Library of Congress, like National Film Registry. And the entries this year are kind of interesting. So you got Superfly, which is a movie from the like 77 about a drug dealer that's trying to get out of the game. Uh, it's pretty interesting if, if you like exploitation movies. It's culturally significant for its time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hairspray from 88, which is a John Waters movie. What? That's like, yeah. yeah. So this is about like a, an outsider. She's like not the popular girl, but she beats the popular girl at a dance contest and then steals the boyfriend away. So kind of a fun movie. It's kind of cool to see a John Waters movie get preserved. Um, House Party 1990. That's my entry. Oh, yeah. Kid in Play is basically like they're trying to hook up, hook up with some girls at a house party, but it's culturally significant. I, I was talking about being a 90s kid. This is pretty much. Uh, if they were like carving things in a stone or like leaving things in like a um, like what was it like to be a '90s kid? And like you dug up like a time capsule, you should be like, oh, just just watch House Party. It'll tell you everything you need to know about us. Um, Carrie '76. That's the one where they push the girl too far. Again, an unpopular girl, but in this one, she has psychic powers, not just dance-off skills, and she unleashes <laughs> psychic hell on everybody. Um. When Harry Met Sally, which is like a pinnacle comedy. It's a Rob Reiner movie. It's Billy Crystal and, gosh. Meg Ryan. Who is, Meg Ryan, thanks. She was in that other movie that you got mailed that I was watching a few months ago. Um, and now, here's a couple of the ridiculous... No, wait, I'll, I'll save the, the ridiculous entries for the end. Um, so, uh, Cab Calloway, who like I didn't really know much about until I saw Blues Brothers, but he's like a big band... band blues guy you know like uh from the swinging jazz days right so that's like the 40s 50s maybe even the 30s i'm not sure yeah basically started, mid but... 30s through 40s but um he like puts vaudeville and a little bit more like humor into his stuff but he's famous for the song called meaning the moocher but apparently he recorded home videos with his wife who i think is also a singer so it was um like spliced together like a documentary kind of and so that actually is going in to preserve his stuff that's going in the registry too which is kind of a cool idea also um betty's story i think it's called which is like a short documentary about a woman talking about a dress which is like that's like one of the ones that gets shown like in film school or something about like Hmm. topical discussions Hmm. going back to fashion it's basically like a bigger lady and she's talking about uh, like the dress or the dress she finds or something, something like that. Anyway, it reminds me of like this film that they would show about like, uh, no, it's a bad comparison. (laughs) It sounds like I'm making fun of the lady, but I was about to say, it reminds me of this, this documentary about trash that you have to watch in film school. Is it called Keanu Skazi? Dave, do you know this movie? Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's a, that's not necessarily. So some of the entries on this list are like what you would call like educational films or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, things you would expect a film registry to have. Right. But then you get entries like Little Mermaid and then Iron Man. And when you, when you, when you go like, what's in the National Film Registry this year? And it's like, it's, it's a Robert Downey Jr. with his arms out like this on the Iron Man poster. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but I mean, in terms of if you put if you're putting movies in there that are culturally significant, I mean that kind of kicked off everything, better or worse. So, right. I mean, from that standpoint, I I stand by that, even though it's not my favorite movie. Well, I watched it again last night to see like what its merits were. 
Um, it's a yeah, solid I mean, it movie. Ha- yeah. I'm it's sorry. Like pre <laughs> Disney Marvel. Like if you, yeah, if you need an example of like what Marvel was like before Disney took over. Yeah. You mean it had a personality? <laughs> uh, tonight's movie is Earth Girls Are Easy. So after Dr. Love cheats on Valerie, Valerie falls in love with one of the cat aliens that crash lands in her pool, and he can play jazz piano. Another way to say it is, Jeff Goldblum fell into your pool, and he fell in love with him. It's got Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, Michael McCain, and Julie Brown, who apparently it's her song that the movie's inspired after. And uh, Dave, welcome back to the show, brother. It's good to see you. Yeah, thanks. He's going to drop some uh, dangerous details about tonight's movie. And yeah. uh, unless you want me to read my, I got my IMDb things on my phone. Uh, you can, you can bring, you can bring up other stuff if you like. Uh, I might have snuck one or two in there. Uh, nice. So well, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum were dating during this, uh, during the filming of this, and shortly married soon after. Uh, star Julie Brown said that between takes, they could usually be seen making out right up until they had to roll. So I guess they were hot and heavy on the set. Um, of course, this is where Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans met, and later, two years later, they'd gone to do In Living Color, which was a again, if we're going to talk about '90s uh, in general, that was a pretty culturally significant show. Everybody watched that. Fire Marshal Bill, uh, Homie the Clown, um, <laughs> Homie the Clown, Homie the Clown. Um, so Gina Davis's part, the part of Valerie, was originally written by Julie Brown by Julie Brown for herself. Um, but Jeff Goldblum came on board and him and Gina Davis were uh, kind of a pair. So if one came, the other did. So uh, Julie Brown ended up taking uh, the part of the best friend who was originally intended for a gay man. So, but she changed nothing about it other than she just took on the part. Um, unfortunately, this movie was not a box office success, but it became a pretty big cult hit because it played on TV a lot. So that's probably where a lot of us saw it. At least I, I seem to remember it playing on cable quite a bit in the eighties and nineties. But I know you, you mentioned some other things, John, like oh, they're yeah. the car- The guys were basically cats. <laughs> what? Or, oh, this is just my like observation of having watched the movie like 12 times that they're like playing with cat toys in the beginning. They're covered in fur. And like, at one point they're eating the fish. And I'm just like, man, I was, I told Jordan that like, I think before she had a chance to watch the movie, I was like, I think they're, I think they're cats. Like, <laughs> never notice this, but they act like cats. I mean, you know, agree to disagree or whatever. If you guys don't don't believe me, but I feel like well, there there's that scene where Jim Carrey like freaks out over the or the cat freaks out over him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cats fight. So that makes sense. <laughs> um. Oh, it says the language. The aliens have their own language, but it says that it's just regular dialogue spoken backwards. Perfect examples would be from becomes morph and females becomes uh. Semeloff? Was that how you say? Hmm. Um, Janice Dickinson apparently shot a bunch of scenes with Jim Carrey that were totally cut out of the movie. That would have been interesting to see. Oh, this is the funny part. Vestron Pictures, which is basically Dino De Laurentiis, who's a producer I love because he produced a bunch of B-movie, B-movie action. He had a hand in creating their first Conan. A uh, bunch of other things. He like uh, financed this movie through Vestron, and then they went bankrupt, and then there was another filmmaker who made Waxworks was making this movie called um vampires uh in retreat or whatever and um or sundown vampires in retreat it was like a vampire western anthony hitchcock 
Yeah. Hickox. Or Hickox. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was saying basically they didn't get to shoot the ending they wanted because like this movie went over budget or or killed the budget because his box office didn't do well or something like that. Like a, like an argument over whose movie does better or gets released at what time. Um, stupid trivia. All the fish are named after freaking uh, Mercedes like cars, like Aston Martin, Beamer, like, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Ted, also a.k.a. Dr. Love. Um, even though it's rated PG, a lot of sex-related elements here. It's pretty hot and steamy. Like, you mentioned that they were actually married. It makes sense. I mean, because there's actually a sex scene in the movie right before the nightmare sequence, which we'll bring up a little again in favorite bits. But before it gets to... I, I mean, I could keep going, but I, I what else? I, I'm, like, not reading very well today. So, uh, <laughs> we'll go to some messages, and then we'll be back with our favorite bits. Omaha, 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 Omaha Stakes, of course. Johnny Spoiler back again. You know what? The holidays are here. We want to achieve gifting greatness. Then you got to give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. Now, Omaha Steaks, they put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. You're going to go to OmahaSteaks.com. You're going to take advantage of 50% off site-wide. You're going to use this code BINGE, B-I-N-G-E, at checkout, and you're going to get an additional $40 off. Man, you know what? It's like they're giving the cow away for free to our listeners. It's awesome. Now, Omaha Steaks has everything that you need to give the gift that's simply perfect. You can send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites, like the delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, the air-chilled boneless chicken, the ultra-juicy burgers, and the easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Don't wait. You're going to order today, and you're going to beat the shipping rush. You're going to go to omahasteaks.com, use our promo code BINGE at checkout. Now, again, Omaha Steaks, they're the great gift from the heart, a gift that can be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today. And by knowing you're ordering with the very best, you can visit omahasteaks.com, take advantage of 50% off site-wide, as I said, pop in that promo code BINGE at checkout, get that extra $40 off your order. There may be a minimum order required, but hop on over to omahasteaks.com, punch in binge at checkout and see what's going on. Get the mouth-watering steaks for the unforgettable holiday gift experience. Did you hear that dramatic pause when I was telling people about Omaha Steak? It was dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I found the facts that I wanted you to say that I was trying to stumble through myself. So... Jeff Goldblum was teaching acting at the time, and he was giving mm. acting lessons on set to Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans. And uh, he has this weird technique where he reads from a book out loud because he has his own anxiety. But like right before they say action, he's like reading. Like, I guess it's like enough to disturb the casting crew. <laughs> like Goldblum mm-hmm. has a book on set that he reads out loud until they tell him to start acting. Hmm. It's interesting. I that's a new one. Like I know, like some actors will listen to music. It's like a super emotional scene, isolation. Like that works for me, like uh, in acting practice. I don't know what Dave does, but like it's a scene cause causes for like, you know, like uh, them super emotional emotions, you know, Jordan, them tears, them a fierce anger, you know, the dead puppy scene. Gotta no. like stay away from people <laughs> like and then and then come in and drop the bomb. And uh, 
Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they've already said they made out on the set. Oh, they use this special camera. So, like, there's this, like, trick photography in the movie where the aliens, like, enlarge and decrease in size. And the camera they used is a, oh, Nishika N8000. It's a four-lens camera designed to produce lenticular 3D photos after special processing. So that's how they made them, like, blow up and go up and down or whatever. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, where are we? Favorite bits? Wow, we got here. And I already talked about Exophilia. I had written down, talk about Exophilia during favorite bits, but I already, <laughs> like, I already said that way at the top. But, you know, because it's just a, such a great word. Exophilia. It is a great word. And especially in reference to... Jeff Goldblum at this age. So, oh, yeah. Hashtag the more you know, kids. Yeah. Exophilia is the word of the day. (laughs) So, so many favorite bits. I could talk about this movie all day long, but to start it off, what? No, I was just going to quote it back to you. So many favorite bits. So many favorite bits. Um, The montage when she's damaging her own apartment or house, Mm. I think is really funny. I mean, I love a good, you know, like, you know, musical moment. And she's Mm. just dolled up looking so good in that corset with her blonde wig or technically hair dyed. And she's just damaging everything all the way from like pouring champagne into the fish tank to lighting her records on fire. And my favorite part is when she rolls the bowling ball down the skis <laughs> to the computer that has the prenup written and typed out on it. Um, the makeover scene. I mean, holy Jeff Goldblum. Um, all of them were so good. But in the dance-off, the whole club scene was fantastic. I don't want to take all of your, your bits, but I thought it was so, so good. <laughs> scene she's referencing is like, when Dr. Love cheats on her, she was already getting dolled up to seduce him because they were having like a, a lull in their romance. And so like, she was trying to make it better. And then like she had this whole thing planned out. So like she throws sushi into the wall. She gets a fish drunk, like Jordan said. And like it's like a Madonna revenge music video. It's so good. You know, which even yeah. even she throws a Madonna's album into the fire, if you notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's clearly mm-hmm. like it's not just a reference to Madonna. Here's one of her albums. And uh no, there are a lot of favorite bits, but you're talking about like, yeah, you almost saw Jeff Goldblum's Goldblooms, right? Mm. And uh, okay. they they shaved the hair off the aliens at the beauty the beauty parlor. Um, dang it, I have to literally stop myself because I'm gonna take Dave's turn. <laughs> I was leading right into it too. It was like gonna be so organic. Whatever. I'll, I'll all right. I'll hold. I'll hold my phone. Well, and going first. I mean, I don't want to like take all of the bits. Then all you the bits. two don't have anything to talk about. So. <laughs> What about you, Dave? What's your favorite bit? Um, <laughs> I, man, I re- I hadn't seen this for quite a while, and like I loved uh, the look of this movie. I mean, that's not a particular bit, but like this is a great movie to like watch. Neither of you have said whether you agree that they're cat aliens. Or they I, I cat. buy that. I buy that they are very feline esque. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- I mean, this is a beautiful movie to look at. Like, I, it's very neon colors and a very very eighty style. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I, one of my favorite bits is. Um, the beginning titles just because it has like a very distinct look it's like animated there's a it's a throwback to like 50s but in the 80s um and then the music that's playing over it which sucks i tried looking at the soundtrack for this online and there's very few songs you can find legally um because i i really wanted to he- hear the uh the title song but you couldn't find it anywhere um is napster still a thing dave 
<laughs> Probably. Or LimeWire. Lime Let's wire. continue with the eight, the 90s talk. LimeWire, <laughs> Napster, dial-up modems. Um, but uh, AOL. Other- <laughs> <laughs> AIM uh, Instant Messenger. Oh, man. I met a lot of friends that way, in a weird way. Um, Where are they now, Dave? Eh, Where are they now? In, like, the Midwest somewhere. Oh, <laughs> I know okay. Um, the other favorite bit is, I mean, it is a musical. So if I had to choose a song from it, um, the, I'm a blonde song. It's just kind of fun. It's very catchy. Like mm. it, you're, you're kind of humming and singing along to it afterwards. Like even afterwards, I'm like, I'm a blonde. Yeah. Yeah. B L L N D. So, um, it's very, I don't know. It, it also is kind of like a, that scene is like a throwback to like 1960s, like, you know, Frankie Avalon or Annette Funicello surf movies. Um, so it's kind of fun. Just a fun sequence. Um, the whole movie is great. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to choose particular favorite bits um, or narrow it down. But uh, what about you, John? So after uh, Jeff Goldblum's Mac character woos her with the jazz piano, they actually do hook up. And then she has a nightmare about, like, what it's going to be to have, like, a real romance with an alien. Like, he's going to call me later. Are we going to have to support his alien children? <laughs> and like they include clips from other movies in there. And like there's a bunch of weird like the fish have turned into mutants and like it's like black and white. Weird things are going on. So that's my favorite sequence in the movie. And then uh, my most like the song that I like is the one during the uh, the makeover scene, which I think it's mm. Valerie's makeover when they're actually singing the song in the, in the yeah. salon. Right. Yeah. So um, that's my favorite. That, that That's it. And then give me the opportunity to look up a word like exophilia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pillow talk after the sex scene is super funny because she's mm. asking if driving a spaceship is a good car or like a good job to have. And if he rents or if he owns, I just thought that was so funny because I didn't even <laughs> notice that Gina Davis got naked in a movie and she's naked in this movie. I, I guess I really missed that. that part because I read that yeah. and I was like, really? Well, yeah. I also, Jordan brought up the fact that it says prenuptial on the computer. I never noticed that there was writing on the computer. I knew the computer got smashed every time. But it's well, just this, like, this barely, like, we watched, like, a cleaned up version because I think I watched the DVD from the early 2000s and probably looks like garbage compared to this version we just watched. Well, in the uh, IMDb trivia that I was um, having difficulty trying to read through on my phone, <laughs> like one of it said like uh, that they cut a song from the back of the car when they were cruising down the street before they go to the beach and do the blonde song, and the blonde yeah. song was done later. I oh, right. I swear that there was that move that song was in the movie. It's on not, TV. but because I because I remember that song because I yeah all the special. How did we see? How did we see that song? It's on, it was never it's on the DVD. It's if you oh. go under the uh, karaoke. Hmm. Bit, you'll find it there. It was a deleted song that they didn't put in the movie, but they put it on the DVD. Because oh, I saw cool. that back in the day, and I I th- I had a memory of it being in the movie. It's you like an implanted memory. It was never in the movie. We just think it's in the movie because of the DVD it's, extras. Yeah, that mandala effect or whatever. Uh, I was gonna read about this growing work chat at Jordan's like day job that like are like uh just growing. They're like they're like this little uh like internal show fan chat thing. <laughs> like uh, I'll never tell where I'm getting these shirts from. That's what the message said. Jordan sent us a really nice message. Like got to get them shirts. No, <laughs> like we all know they're damn. These flashes. are props. They're what? They're damn flashes, man. Dave just dropping dangerous information. He already gave me the plug. 
but, He's already but plugging I, it. Yeah, I'm doing Let's... selfless plugs at work all the time for the pod. I use <laughs> one of our movies for leading a team meeting. Nice. So. Well, actually, we watched this movie called Eat Wheaties, which was during our feel-good month, which just wrapped up. You know, we're in the holiday mood, whatever. Dave's hanging tinsel, you know, like we're watching to see which coworker is going to get drunk on the eggnog. All these things are going on in the background. And then like you review a movie and then the director writes back to you and says nice things, which never, which is like, wow. Um, so he said, Hey, Johnny, Jordan and Dave, I'm a bit slow to catch up, but I wanted to thank you for discussing eat wheeze in such great detail. Special shout out to Jordan for identifying the Heather Locklear reference. Dave, I totally got your Sarah Burns low-key crush. She's the best. The movie was a true labor of love for everyone involved. And I was so lucky to literally all my favorite actors said yes and helped make the film one I'm proud of. Greatly appreciate the kind words and recommendations of the movie to your audience. And then says, uh, looking forward to listening to more and hope the next movie that he makes gets on our radar. Happy holidays from Scott. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It was crazy wild. Like Jordan said wild in our internal text. And I was like, oh, she's not going to believe me that I also said wild in my brain. <laughs> and Dave said awesome. Pretty killer reactions. Like you go and review these movies and then you podcast. And sometimes you don't know. Is anybody actively listening, like really paying attention or just like, as Dave says, well, I put it on in the background. I didn't really pay attention to the movie. I just kind of turned it on. This, you know, sounds familiar. looks familiar. Is that how you do it, Dave? Is that how you do it? Sure, why not? <laughs> just want to give into the tease. All right, that's fine. But no, it's a pretty cool. Uh, gosh, I can't buy humbug this one, Dave, because it's just like a really nice thing. The yeah, director right. of a movie we watched like took the time to write us an email. And it takes time, dude. Dude sat down and wrote us an email. That's pretty cool. Um, Scott, thanks for that message. It was a true surprise and a real stocking stuffer. Uh, I, I kind of want to, like, actually, before before we get to the drawing of, we got one more holiday movie we're going to throw out there. But before we get to that, which will be, like, post-Christmas, we have a secret show. A secret show is coming up that you can sign up for. It's a live stream. People will be drinking that eggnog that I mentioned, the spicy eggnog. It'll be an unfiltered, raw, ad-free, just, like, experience of watching a movie and listening to us joke. Like, we'll do live commentary. It'll be like, we put the notes together every week for the movie. You'll be, like, watching it with us, and we'll be saying the things as they happen in real time. And uh, if you miss it, it'll play on, like, New Year's. Um, but I want to know my the staff picks. I want to know, like if these guys have found any like Xmas playlists, like their own stocking stuffers, like if other movies have come into your life or like what's going on with your current, like, you know, streaming list or whatever. Hmm. That's holiday related or feel good related. Like. No, I basically am asking for the staff picks, but I just decided to throw in the flavor of (laughs) candy canes and reindeer droppings. Only depressing stuff outside of mm. this movie this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Watched, um, what is it? Now uh, it makes sense why you like that link I shared for bloody Christmas movies. <laughs> can I can I take a wild guess, Jordan, just because I know your flavor? Of, did you watch Don't Pick Up the Phone? I've definitely started on that. Okay. haven't finished it. All right. I watched End Your Watch. Is it? I think that's what it's called. 
And is it the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? End of Watch. Yep, with Jake oh, Gyllenhaal. Oh, and the cops. Yeah. Yes. You yep. see, you added those extra. Are those called proverbs or something like, or or prepositions? It, it, it you added the extra prepositions, like, so it actually sounded like instead of being like a drama action movie, it sounded like you were going like documentary. It was like instead of End of Watch, you're like End of the Watch. No. Like, oh man, a, like award winning HBO documentary. <laughs> and then I rewatched Chernobyl with my boyfriend because he hadn't seen Dude, it. Dude, that's yet, a hard so. rewatch, man. That's uh that's not exactly a holiday movie. No, but all right. so <laughs> yep, it was uh Doom. Although and it does include bright lights. <laughs> this is true, Dave. Actually, you know what what moments get me is like uh when they have the room of like the engineer divers and they're like, who's going in? And the room's quiet, everybody's looking around, and then it's like, I will go in. I mean, you even brought up a dead puppy scene, and I had to close my eyes and look through my fingers during those episodes of Chernobyl, so. Oh, yeah, poor cadet. He gets recruited for the army, like, day one, here's your rifle. All right, five minutes later, you got to walk through this town, and if you see any dogs, Shoot them. Don't worry. It's easy uh, because they're pets and they'll run right up to you. I was like, oh, God, I'm sorry. It's so like, depressing. Get... Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, we can change the subject, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how the darkest stuff comes out during the holiday episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I usually do watch pretty dark stuff, but I, I try to like just also sneak in a good stuff in there. Um I don't know that I kind of binge watch this show. Um, probably everybody's watching the movie right now, although it's in less than an hour, so I don't know how that's a movie. But um, caught up with that show, Murder Vale, um, which right now they have the who. Yeah, and on this one, special. this episode they killed Santa. Yeah, that's the title of that one. Uh, who killed Santa? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the rest of the series follows that same basic structure, which is each week there's a new guest uh, guest star. Who, is, who has no idea what's going on. Everybody else has a script except the guest star. So, and they have to figure out a murder. Um, you know, like it could be a chef that somebody killed or, um, you know. That gets pretty awkward because they go like, well, how long have you been a detective? And they have to like, just think like, oh, it's, it's my first day. Or they have to create right. like a backstory for the character. Like, oh yeah, I've been on the job 10 years. No, you haven't. Like, because it's Will Arnett. So he'll contradict their backstories, you know? Oh yeah, he's he screws with them. Like there's there's moments that's great in there because like they clearly leave in certain parts where they break character or they laugh because it's just kind of fun to screw with the guy that they can screw with. <laughs> like they'll except, even screw with the dead bodies sometimes. Except though, like what's laugh. what's hard about that show is like these are really like uh like they're like mostly comedic actors and a lot of the improv doesn't work. Like there's a lot of like I mean, sitcom rules used to be like a joke a minute. There's right. a lot of dead parts in the show, and you go, "Oh man!" But but it's also the kind of the fun of knowing that they're gonna screw. They could screw up at any time. I don't know. I dug it. it. It's kind of a perfect quick binge. It's only six episodes, and then the Santa movie, if you will. Um, I don't know. That's, that's what's been keeping me happy lately is watching fake murder and people trying to solve mm. it. Um, other than that, I watched True Lies again today for the first time in like twenty years, and that was. I don't know if anybody's seen... You've seen that, John, right? True Lies. Arnold Schwarzenegger, spy. His wife thinks he's uh, he's a low... Li- or not a low life, but like a boring desk job guy. Hmm. And then he proves... Yeah, it's kind of awkward because like, you see Jamie Lee Curtis do a striptease for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you go... You have to sit there and contemplate, do I want Arnold Schwarzenegger in a room getting aroused by Jamie Lee Curtis? And you you got to wrestle with those thoughts, David. And you got to make a decision on those thoughts. 
And uh, the only other set piece that sticks out is he rides a horse to chase the in guy. an elevator. And there's a Harrier jet, which is the jet that can take off vertically. And also, they made a thing about that where some kid was trying to win the points and get the Pepsi jet. That was like oh a yeah, Pepsi wears um, but a real Pepsi challenge. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, well, it was a fun movie. I hadn't watched it in a long time. Dave, what are your thoughts on uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? Because you missed that last week. I I still I haven't seen that because I was I didn't like I'm sorry I didn't like Matthew McConaughey during his romantic uh, rom com years. Hmm. Although I've heard you bring that Dang, up that paid times. the bills for that guy for like 15 years. I'm glad it did. I mean, it, but now now he gets to do interesting work again. <laughs> but you broke up at the perfect time. I thought you were going to say something bad about him, and you broke up, so I didn't hear. It. <laughs> oh, no, I just said, hey, hey, you know, he gets to do interesting stuff now. So I mean. Hey, I get it. Sometimes you got to take the the paycheck, but I I didn't care for his romantic comedy phase. Hmm. Although well, I there's actually a moment there. I told Jordan there's a moment in that movie where you see like the beginning of his, you know, dramatic turn. Believe it or not. Yeah. Well, he started off doing a lot of dramatic work, and then he like I don't know what it was if it was like the How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or whatever. Like something clicked. He's like, hmm. all right, I'm just gonna make romantic comedies for a while, <laughs> pay the bills. So, Jordan, back to you. What has been, like, your favorite of the Stock and Stuffers so far? Um, This one. I think this is my favorite movie that I've watched for the pod all year. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Holy crap. It is a fun movie. I did not get that at all. I mean, like, I I knew you enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was going to be, like, tops for 2022. No, it just, like, even starts off so good. Like, I love that they walk into the scene. Like, Ted is obviously such a piece and she, you know, was trying to like be romantic. It just the dialogue right away just hits it off so well. And I just it made me laugh. I was literally applauding my phone <laughs> when, when Jeff Goldblum comes out of the dressing room. Like there was just perfect. Love well, it's it. funny, like uh, that that guy, uh, the the guy that pl- Dr. Love is like kind of known for uh, being a just a jerk in movies because between this and then Dumb and Dumber. What, oh, which seems is to be playing so bad guy. funny because he's the dad in Hocus Pocus. And so, oh, that's right. like, is I don't know. I just, I hmm. loved it. So good. But, yeah, it's my favorite. If you were asking only me, or I don't know if you're asking the group, but this one. Nice. John made a new, new fan of the movie. Yeah. What? I said John just made a new fan out of that movie. Yeah, that's wild. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. If she was like, it's too racy or the title's too inaccurate. Earth Girls are not easy. Give me a break. It's too cheesy. It's too cornball. It actually has... It's cheesy, but in a good way. Believe it or not, it has like a lot of five stars on Amazon. So people pretty much dig the movie. I didn't know Jeff Goldblum was still a sex symbol. That's all new information. I thought he was retired. Are you kidding me? Like... People this is still, like him in his prime, like right before uh, Jurassic Park, right? People are still like hot over Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, they uh, just built that like 30-foot statue of him not that long ago what, in Austin, England? Texas. Or oh, wherever it was in Austin. It was. I yeah. thought it was here. Yeah, I thought it was here, you know, in the United States. And yeah, he plays the saxophone. Like he's a, hmm. like, it's just wild. So, or he's in a jazz band for sure. I don't know if he plays the saxophone specifically, but watch his hot ones. It's good. I learned a lot about him, so... Learn something new every day. Ones. I have to go check that out. It's good. So it's we're going to do one more post-holiday stocking stuffer. It's like the last gift. 
It's the last drink at the bar. It's the final call. Um, it also qualifies as a weird movie. Time. Oh, yeah, look. We got purple wrapping paper. Dave's ripping it open. Jordan's ripping it open. Let's see what they got. What do we have? Three, two, what? Go! What do we got? You got Fair a DVD enough. that's going out of print. So, uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to keep it as a collector's item and try to find a way to watch it without ripping it open, go ahead. But if not, rip it open and enjoy that thing. This is Return to Oz. Which I feel like is L bomb, like L Frank bomb. Is that his name? I might yeah. be saying his name wrong. Um, this movie is much more accurate to Wizard of Oz book and the coinciding stories that come later to like how the characters are scary as shit, <laughs> twisted. It's it's a great movie, but it is real not funky what I stuff would call in this movie. <laughs> Wait, yeah. this one? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, no, yeah. it's good. You'll, it's a you'll dark see movie. It. It's dark. It's like yeah. you think, I don't let the Disney fool you. This is <laughs> yeah. a dark movie. <laughs> it's like a very, very misleading cover. So oh, this is Disney of the '80s, where everybody's like, "Ah, screw it, we're we're done being light and fluffy." Until like Little Mermaid came back out. Hmm. Everything that was like the dark era. <laughs> like we're like so. Uh, come back uh, next week, folks. We'll be jamming with freaking Return to Oz. And uh, did you ever see the witch movie with Feruza Bulk called The Craft? She like plays the bad witch, not to put you on the spot. Like the craft? Yeah, the craft. Yeah. She plays like, the bad witch. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she plays she plays Dorothy in here because she's Dorothy Gale. She's the same girl from the other wizard, but this is mm. you know, like was young. in this movie, they did like a this like this might be her first movie. I'm already dropping Dave's trivia. <laughs> like like she was in a national cattle call for this movie to play Dorothy more like age accurate for the story or whatever, hmm. and then gets cast in this movie. Cool. I'm uh, anyway, warmed up. It's going to get weird next week, folks. So come back and drink that eggnog with us. We'll be right here. Same binge channel. Dave's here. Jordan's here. She's getting savage. Dave's getting dangerous. I'm spoiling things. Let's see. What could I? I didn't spoil anything from this movie, did I? Not a oh, damn please. thing. Happy holidays, folks. Come back next week. I didn't spoil anything, but I gave them a lesson on exophilia. It's educational. How about watching Jeff Goldblum's like PBS documentary about exophilia? Like if he hosted like a show. And he does like, have a show. Maybe he does uh, where he does introduce subjects. Maybe that's one of them. Hmm. Oh yeah, like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum learns things or something. That's on like Disney Plus. He like yeah. learns stuff, learns you up some stuff. Maybe he's got an episode on extraterrestrial love.